0: chapters 81 to 86 of Kryloff's fables by ivan andreyevich krilov selected and translated by c fillingham coxwell md this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by kevin davidson chapter 81 the elephant and the pug an elephant mid shouts and laughter was led along the street and as when in our towns a spectacle we meet, behind the wondrous beast some gapers followed after. But wheresoe'er he went, ever a little pug before him jumped, was now perverse and naughty, barking with condescension haughty, now snapping, gave a vicious tug. "'Oh, neighbor, cease, you ask for trouble,' a spitz-dog warned her. "'Ah, you shamelessly redouble your din vociferous, "'but he has unconcerned not turned, "'nor notice when you loudest whine or spring your highest.' "'No,' says the pug, in manner driest, "'my spirit soars, though thou decriest. "'Tis something I can win attention, "'through practising from risk abstention. "'Tis well that other dogs should mention.' the pug is not of us the least she mocks a mighty beast chapter eighty two the lamb a lambkin straying is bent a trick on playing creeps in a wolf skin amongst the flock hopes at his frightened fellow lambs to mock the dogs spy out the foolish jester prepare to slay the cruel wood infester. they spring upon the foe and bear him to the ground ah sooner than the lamb a chance to breathe has found they strive to tear his fragile form to pieces till at the shepherd's call the fearful onslaught ceases no joke it is to feel a dog's sharp pointed fangs the madcap on this sad occasion totters and seeks the pen without persuasion, and there falls weak and faint and knows unnumbered pangs, a long while feebly groans, though speaking never. Oh, if a lamb were surely wise, he would assume a wolfish guise on no account whatever. Chapter 83 The Steed and His Rider a rider once had given his horse such perfect schooling obedience strict was gained with little ruling he lifted ne'er the whip nor bridle stirred controlled his steed without a word the reins are useless brave and splendid creature the owner whispered with fond look to show the world a novel feature ere mounting on his horse the bridle from him took the steed forgot his master though slow at first soon went a little faster o'erjoyed high-tossed his glorious head and proudly his mane shaking pranced for his soul to life was waking by liberty up buoyed what means it o mad dream of freedom unalloyed and change unguessed past ways forsaking dances his blood and shines his glance as if a fire is heard no single sound unfelt the rider is hurried o'er the fields with swiftness dire by one who knows no guider vainly the luckless horseman sought with trembling hand this wildness to withstand would fix the bridle was unskillful the steed ere grew more strangely willful at last could speed along masterless and dismanned then like a raging storm he hasted on on nor stayed his rash career but to a deep ravine his course must steer death's bitterness so tasted the man his grief thus showed poor horse said he, 'Twas i that brought thee sadness and evil fate had i not once withheld the bridle's weight thou ne'er hadst warmed to madness nor thrown thy master from thy side nor perished in a fierce and new-born pride chapter eighty four the finch and the pigeon A little finch, being caught within a horrid trap, uses its tiny force and pitifully flutters. Then a young pigeon, jeering at her, spitefully mutters, "'Art not ashamed in daylight didst not see the shutters, for me were never such mishap, I guarantee and bold maintain it.' And yet the speaker can't, when tangled in the snare, explain it. O pigeon, now to laugh at others' trouble spare. CHAPTER 85 THE SNAKE AND THE LAMB A snake beneath a faggot hidden, raging denounced the world entire, was blessed with ne'er a feeling higher than the envenomed hate by his own nature bidden. Nearby a little lamb, at unsuspecting play, saw not the hideous reptile in the way. A-sudden the snake leapt Fiercely his teeth implanted, and the poor victim fell and trembled, moaned and panted. The fatal poising, coursing free, tortured her, and she cried, "'What have I done to thee?' "'Who knows? Perhaps you hither cunningly intruded,' so hissed the serpent loud, "'would strike me, even slay." Therefore in cautious mood I bit without delay. Ah, oh, no, the lamb gasped forth in death. Thou art deluded. Chapter eighty six. The grandee. Off tossed and turned a fevered ruler. Despite physicians grew not cooler. Forsook his couch to seek the land which Pluto sways. Finished in short his earthly days and soon in hell, before the judge's dais falling, was asked, his place of birth, the nature of his calling. I breathed in Persia first, an honored satrap dwelt, yet from my youthful days but little vigor felt, when faced with any fresh transaction, endorsed my secretary's action. What did you do then? Slept, drank, and ate, signed documents before me set, "'Send him to Paradise.' "'But wherefore, what's the reason?' So ventured Mercury, with boldness nearly treason. Said Achis, "'O brother thou, unto the dead man shrewdness must allow. He knew that nature cannot all alike endow. He neither willed to cause misfortune, nor would for complex tasks importune. If he had brought afflictions vast, you swiftly would complaints have muttered, into high heaven he has passed, because he never folly uttered. In court I lately heard a judge so brief, concise. I said, his turn will come to dwell in paradise. End of Chapter 86. Recording by Kevin Davidson. www.blogordie.com End of Kriloff's Fables by Ivan Andreevich Krilov, selected and translated by C. Fillingham Coxwell, M.D.